start? <laughs> Fuck. There's a time for it, mate. Welcome to the Raw Expose. I am your unqualified host. Uh, I like to waffle on just a little bit, but I am joined by the very highly qualified Rob, who is a carnivore who thinks he can make everything better with his rub. Rob, how you doing, mate? Oh, I'm going good, mate. How are you? Good, mate. And on this episode, we have Nav, the Australian cowboy. Hey, you going, Nav? <laughs> you can oh, yeah, talk, good. mate. All good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's that's almost as good as your smart cigar smoking politician almost i did like it so it's, yeah every episode rob gets a different intro so oh does he yeah, i like fun. the run one <laughs> yeah, i do <laughs> now apparently i give a good rub i mean i i no, no. i meant like my rubs like i've got no i've got rubs yeah. my meat rubs oh rubs right i was about yes. to book in <laughs> do you have an online booking service now, why don't you give us a little quick rundown about yourself? As we can see, yep. you're outside. You've ridden up a hill I'm... just to have yeah, reception. Yeah, yeah. Uh, welcome to the Kimberleys. Oh, welcome to the Kimberleys, guys. This is what it's all about, having no reception anywhere you go. Um, so I've, <laughs> I've driven up a hill so I can get reception because I was um, yeah, doing some stuff with the cattle this morning, so I couldn't make it in town. But I'm Nav. I uh, live up in the Kimberleys. Um, I chase cattle and do a lot of horse, horse work and... Um, occasionally lead a few hunts in the NT and uh, teach survival in the Australian Army. There's, that's pretty much a nutshell. Done. Hey, that's 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 quite a lot to unpack, though. That's not a small amount by any means. And I love the genuineness of this interview. Like you, you're sitting on a quad bike on a hill. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to be. Otherwise, you're not going to get anything other than blurry half my words. Oh, can we do that to Rob? How do we fucking? Hang on. How do we block him out? How do I limit Rob? Sorry, Rob's what? I've got an itchy nose, mate. Sorry. Google how to Very mess up someone's nose. reception. <laughs> God. Nav, so how you that. been? Uh, Nav, I, know you, I know you went away on the weekend, mate, and you went out mud crabbing and trying to chase yep. Barra. How'd you go? Yep. I went out to Cape Dom, and I wouldn't say we were chasing Barra because otherwise it'd look bad if we didn't catch anything. So I'm just going to say we went out chasing mud crabs. Um, <laughs> we went out to Cape Dom. Yes, there you go. Yeah, no, it wasn't too good. Um, now we went to Cape Diamond. It's a beautiful little spot up there. It's um, it's the only beach you can get in the East Kimberley, pretty much. Um, so we went up there, and uh, I was on high tide, so we chased the mud crabs on the low. Went and tried and hook them out of their holes. Um, ended up getting two after about four and a half, five k's of walking. So it wasn't such a good, uh, <laughs> wasn't such a good outcome. But uh, the fishing is a bit hard too when it's big tides. They're like eight and a half meter tides, so they were a lot of water movement. So it's hard to drop a line down when the water's racing that quick. Yeah, eight fair and enough. Half meter tides. Yeah. 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 Are you sure yeah, gotta... or what? No, no, they're the what? No, no, they're the tides up here. You get you get right up to 10, 10 meter tides. Um, when the wet season kicks in, they they yeah, the water disappears somewhere out into the distance of the ocean, and you just gotta. Uh, the ocean bed to walk on and yeah you can see everything oh, all the little bummies you'd be pissed off if you were live baiting then yeah <laughs> well actually it's not too bad because you chase well you chase live bait they, they try and sit in little holes so they actually get stuck in little holes so you can go chasing <laughs> live bait wait for the tide to come back in wait for the tide the problem is uh, we almost got stuck on one side of the creek because we crossed it 
at about ankle deep and um, there's crocodiles everywhere up here. So we saw four that day already. So we bit cautious, crossed it, started getting mouth crabs and then we could hear the water in the distance racing up the um, up the, up the bank. So we had to quickly run out of the mud hole, oh, out wow. of the bloody rivers and run back across before it started rising before we got, otherwise if it was knee deep, I wouldn't cross. See you later, that's it. There's too many crocs up there. You this just have to sit in the, mang sit in the mangroves this. and wait 12 hours. I love this. Our first two episodes, we had American blokes on. So a lot of the listenership is actually American at this stage, which means they've all just heard this. And usually whenever I meet Americans, I spend my time telling them, nah, it's not as dangerous. It's not as ridiculous as you see on TV. We don't ride kangaroos to school. Not many people are at risk of cro crocodiles. Episode four, Nav comes on and he goes, yeah, I went for a casual trip. Uh, 10 meter tires yeah. and wouldn't fucking walk in it. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no, mate, we, uh, we have pet crocodiles that just come and eat your legs off while you're walking through your yeah, you know, billabong and that. Yeah, no, it's just easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you don't. <laughs> and we, uh, yeah, you, you got to stop riding kangaroos. You know, that's why it's better to ride emus. <laughs> <laughs> They're a bit quicker. It looks a bit cooler. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. It's gold. Kangaroos uh, are uncomfortable. These guys are the guys that they tie me kangaroo down a famous song. <laughs> Trying to ride kangaroos all over the country. That's it. <laughs> Uh, so tell me, mate, what's it like living out there? I know it's pretty remote out there in Kununurra. There are certain areas. I know, and you do yep. a heap of outback ringer work as well, right? So yep. you're a, yep. you know, wrangling cattle. What, what's a daily thing for you guys? Like, Explain a daily thing for people who have no idea about working on a station. God, day-to-day -day can be pretty different uh, working on a station up here because um, the way we muster, because everything's so big, uh, all the stations up here are so big that... You spend a couple of days rounding up the cattle or mustering. You yep. round up all the cattle with choppers and bikes and stuff and horses sometimes, bring them into the yard, um, and then you do your drafting. So that's when you're separating the mums from the baby ones, from the bulls, from the clean skins, from the uh, mickeys, you know, and you sort them all out. And then you, the next day might be, you know, branding and castrating. And the next day then after that might be setting up the new set of yards or... So it can change a fair bit depending on um, what needs to be done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. And you do a fair bit of horsework. We do a fair bit of horsework. Yeah, we breed our own horses up here. Um, we cross them with a bit of Arab because it just gives them, when you're trying to travel about 25 Ks a day, um, the horses are zigzagging basically and the cattle are going in one straight line. So the horses are doing twice that distance and it's a lot harder for them. So if you put that Arabian mix in them, then they have that endurance and they can go all day. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. And I'm not even going to bother asking you guys what you do for fun because, mate, holy shit, you do what I do. I love it. Like, <laughs> quads, exactly right. fishing, shooting, yeah. like this yep. going out now. I had one question from, um, from Jackie up in the Territory. She wanted to know, when you're out barra fishing, what's the closest encounter you've had with a big croc? The closest, closest encounter I've had with a big croc. Yeah. Um, it probably wasn't a big croc. It was about a two-meter crocodile. And it was one of the first times I was ever uh, fishing. I was actually on the lower oared. Um, and I used a, got a 100-pound handle on it. I thought I'd hooked up to a big snag. So <laughs> I've got my feet, both feet in the water, legs kind of spread, you know, and I'm just reefing this handle like this. <laughs> Reef slowly pulling it in, I'm like, far out, there's a huge log on this thing. And then, um, yeah, out of the murky water, just come this open jaws, basically straight between my legs here. So I just seen teeth come out the water. And I just let go of the line, backslipped, and landed about three or four metres back behind me. 
Um, so that's probably the closest I've come to being being that close to a crocodile while fishing. But generally, I try and stay away from the banks, especially once I'm pulling them up, because crocodiles do come chasing barrows up onto the banks. So you got to be careful yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty awesome, but I. Yeah. It's, it's it, all my efforts ever telling someone it's not that bad here don't worry about it just 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 shake out, right your out the shoes door. it's fine these, these these things will eat you in a heartbeat they are especially because the crocodiles up here uh, are used to eating the wallabies and cattle which are all on the bank so they're used to sitting on the bank and waiting for anything to come to the bank and then smash it so when you're going out towards the salt water cattle and roos don't come to the river so they don't drink that water. So they're, not, they're more used to smashing barrels and things that are in the water. When you get up to the fresh, anything that comes down to the bank is food, including you. Yeah, yeah well, that's all. I, I, I am saying awesome because I'm a bit of a fruit loop when it comes to being out in the bush. But... It's not fucking there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't you had to backflip your way out of a crocodile's jaws? No, but I, look, I've tackled pigs. I've done heaps of dumb shit. So, and, sure yeah, yeah, what what would you classify as the most dangerous animal in the bush? Like in, in your in your region, would it be buffalo, scrub bull? What what, what do you? But aside from crocs, I don't know. You know, crocs are scary. Crocs, as fuck. Yeah, crocs are scary and dangerous. You, you constantly got those on the back of your mind. But as far as on land, um, I. I'd say buffalo probably the worst thing that I've had. To, I just they're just that attitude is very aggressive. Like they're very territorial. Like scrub bulls, they only go you when you're trying to catch them, and then then you're in trouble if you make the wrong move. But otherwise, nothing else is going to give you grief um, on land. I would say other than buffaloes, yeah, right. unless you come yeah. across bantam. Bantam can be quite aggressive if you're up in the NT. Um, I haven't yeah. had a lot to do with them other than hunting, but yeah, they're quite aggressive too. That's yeah, fucking wicked. Now, I know Rob's got a bunch of sort of more Outback questions, which is great. And I do want to hear about that as well. But I'm going to pull the millennial fucking card. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, um, the Australian Cowboy and all the content you put out there on the Instagram, because you've got, what, like 55 and a half thousand followers or something like that, which is probably not what people think of when they think of somebody out in the back wrangling cattle. Yeah. So yeah, how did that yeah. come about? <laughs> and how do you continue um, that? And... That's a good question. So... I actually, um, I had a mate of mine who was running tours through the outback for American high school students um, a few years back. And uh, he wanted a hand to try and impress this group. And so he asked if I could come along for a day and show him how to catch fish and cook up on the fire. And just a bit of that traditional Australian outback, you know, mm. mentality. And the, the kids there, they're only, you know, 14 or 15. And they were looking through my phone. I was showing them the different photos that uh, or some of the stuff that I do. Um, and they were asking for my Instagram page and I said, I don't have that. I barely even use Facebook and I'm, I'm out of range for two or three months at a time. So there's no point having that. Um, and so they wanted to make me one. And I said, if you, if you want to, like, and they said, yeah, we just want to see what you do day to day, every day. So we can just see, can you, can we make you one? I said, yeah, if you want to make me one. And the whole time I was out there, they were just calling me cowboy. Hey, cowboy, you know? Um, and then on the name, they said, oh yeah, so we're going to call you Australian cowboy. And I said, no, nah, no, nah, you can't do that. It just, just never will do, you know? And they're like, no, nah, nah, that's how we remember you. And I'm like, guys, I know it might seem like a cool thing to you, but to everyone else out here, that's a bit of a cocky thing to do, mate. Like, you can't call yourself the Australian cowboy. Um, and they said, no, 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 it's just us. And I was like, all right, well, I've only got four followers, so or five followers, so that's you guys, so fair enough, <laughs> whatever. And um, I actually went to change it. I got a bit of slack as it started to pick up. I actually got a bit of slack from bringers, um, 
And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to change it. So I went to change it. My brother-in-law said, don't change it. He said, don't do that for other people. He said, just own it. That's who you are. You don't lie about what you do. He said, just, just do it. Just own, own that name and just be that. And I said, all right. So um, I decided to roll with it and it's, it's gone ahead as it has. So, and, and I guess it's worked in my favor because I, I want to teach people. I love teaching. Um, I want to start my own survival school up at some point. So uh, this will just help with that in the, in the future. That's yeah, awesome, on, man. Yeah, yeah thanks for that. Because, yeah, I was, I was wondering Sorry, how you... a long story. No, that's great, <laughs> man. <laughs> it's only a long story to someone who probably just spends more time with animals than people. Oh, sorry. What was that? I missed it. What'd you say? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, now, if we, we've got a couple of things to ask you about as well. Uh, almost yeah. drowning yeah. in your neighbor's you too... fish pond. What? Who have you been talking to? <laughs> oh, we haven't been talking to anybody, mate. We, you know, oh. when you're around, like I've been posting stuff on Facebook and saying, look, you know, you need to ask Nav questions. Yeah. You know, what, what have you guys got to say? I do have one person yeah. that says that you are really, really bad and unorganized and couldn't manage anything. That's <laughs> not really true? a question. That was just a. <laughs> is, is it, is it true? No, well, hey, I, I'm just throwing it out there. I, this is what I'm getting. And in fairness, that came along with a compliment that said you're the most loyal, loyal person, person you'll ever meet. Ever meet. <laughs> although, although, although that comment said you are the most loyal person you'll ever meet. Is this true, bud? Which it one? is quite true. I think actually. both are great. <laughs> <laughs> both, look, uh, mate, uh, I'm no good at organising. Hey, I, once I've got a pitch and I've got the idea, I can do what it needs to be done. But if, as far as organising, just tell me what to do and I'll get it done. Bloody hell! Like, <laughs> oh, it's a headache trying to do, trying to, trying to uh, think of all the things that need to be done, and then, you know, like. And obligate different people to do different things. If I've got a team, a small team, I can tell what needs to be done. I can tell them what to do. But as far as the organising and managing side of things, crikey. Uh, the other now thing the I fish did pond here, one, you definitely. And, and this is coming from the same person. One. And they did say, you're the most loyal person you'll ever meet. Now, and I do, I do believe it, looking at what you do and everything else. Because um, it shows out through your personality, what well, you do, right? But you're a real mummy's boy, if, yeah, I'm, not, well, if, I, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> Hey, and I reckon you're pretty much going to catch on. I reckon you're pretty much going to catch on at who told me all this. Yeah, it sounds sounds familiar. It sounds like I mean, my buddy's sister. There's something to no, do no, with not your sister getting uh, dressed oh, no. up a lot as a girl. We've <laughs> quite a kitten caboodle here. I feel we've like got... I'm not getting any time to respond to this. Let, just let, firing let, them at me first, and just going the to the next part. one. So the do you, the first do you want response definitely time? Definitely not your sister. Definitely not your sister. <laughs> well, it better not be my mum. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, the mama's boy stuff is going to have to go. <laughs> well, no, I'll, I love my mother. I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a bit of a hint. You wear their gear all the time. That's just one. In fairness, there's more than no, one source. No, mate, no, no. He's got a hat on at the moment. Who's <laughs> <laughs> on Andy or Anika? Which one? No, that's Andy, mate. That's <laughs> <rest> Andy. <laughs> oh, Andy. Definitely Andy. I turn around. Andy. He he was that's because he was he's been my boss. He's been my boss for some time, especially on the station. He was the manager on the station, and girl, I can I can I can understand why he would say I'm good at managing. I was like, Andy, here's my life. Manage it for me. 
I've got an actual question for you, but I do have an actual yeah, question. Yeah, now that, now that he's done just tearing yes. into you for funsies. Oh, thank yeah. you. Now, well, look, I had I'm to glad, give you some. I'm look, glad you got a question. We've got to make it interesting, right? And if I don't dig into you, dig into you a little bit, then people are going I to thought, go, fuck, this is boring as shit. I thought the crocodile-like yeah, stories I were great. I don't, I don't know about more interesting. <laughs> no, nah, they're boring, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, don't start because once I get all my yank mates coming over, the guys from the States, they're all coming over and I'm taking them up to the territory and you'll be a done. port we'll of call as well. We'll get them crossing some water and get them fishing with some big crocodiles. That'd be oh, mate, That's where I get the phone call see... going, hey, Brady, you got to continue the podcast, but uh, you're down a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. Turns out he can't backflip uh, out a crocodile, Jules. Cherie wants to know um, uh, the best ways to cook a croc. It could be, it, it's very tricky because it could be tough. Now, you'd be a person who'd know how they to are. cook a croc. They are very tough, yeah. And, and all the ones that I've done with the Indigenous fellas up here um, are smaller ones, so they won't go to big crocodiles. They go to small uh, small freshies or small salties. Yeah. They're about a, you wouldn't want to go any longer than a metre, anything under that. And they, um, they generally wrap it in paper bark and throw it in the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they do so really same slowly. Goanna, Goanna and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Goanna, they put straight on the coals. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but, but a salty, they'll try and put on the ground. Just, oh, crocodile, sorry, just because they, they are quite tough. That's right. It's a very tough um, meat. So it's just a slow, slow, long cooking process, right? Yep. Underground, yeah. A yeah. like, few hours underground, yep. You can't and what about, like, I, I know... I know the Aboriginals, uh, a fair few of them eat uh, bats as well. Have you ever tried it? Yeah, I, I have tried bat, yes. Um, so you're the one who started coronavirus in Australia. I was going to say, uh, I can I see wondered, where this is going I a mile that, away. I wondered if that's where it was going. I was like, hang on a minute, this sounds like it's about to be. This is, you're too easy to read, Rob, and I shouldn't have even indulged in that conversation. What a setup. Mate, I am an open book. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> all predictable uh, which, which, whichever direction make, you want to they make your sweat stink oh they do oh yeah yeah that and goanna make you smell really bad i don't know mate yeah. i've eaten a fair bit of goanna in my life and I've, I've, honestly i've never done it i've normally wear deodorant so i'm pretty people, safe people that's just... why you guys are in, that's why you're in two different rooms there right eh? I, I yeah pretty, say, pretty much there's uh <laughs> there's some stuff we got to talk about <laughs> mate you've got to be an honest friend to him all right you got to tell rob how it is it's exactly right i spend a lot exactly of time right. doing that <laughs> <laughs> it's an enormous amount of my time telling rob how it is good uh <laughs> right well we may as well get into the the real hard ones we heard yeah, that shame. you used to you used to literally dress up you used to love the oh, lipstick, dressing the Sheila's clothes. I've got fake boobs <laughs> written here. No, seriously, <laughs> is this true? Wait, wait, wait. Added into that, <laughs> like that little section, it's, it's I want to add in the bit where there's... One. You could do the split. We've got a... This better not cut out. This better not cut out before I answer this. So... Now, that definitely came from my sister because I had an older <laughs> sister and anyone who had an older sister by a couple of years surely has been dressed in women's clothes. All right? Well, it's, it's bloody hell. 
Oh no, he gets on oh, and he's he's got heroic stories one after the other, and then we're just like, oh yep, dressed as a girl, can't, or- can't organize himself. Nothing Mate. wrong with that. Jeez. All I could all- all I can turn around and say is, this is what we have been given to us, so we are giving it to you. We just you want know, to know someone, if there's any truth behind these I'm allegations. Glad people, I'm glad people like here and like you know, give me a good time. That's good. That means somebody cares. <laughs> somebody cares. If they put this much effort in, somebody cares. It's well. I, I actually have an interesting one here that's a little bit less shit taking. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that's, it. That's okay. Same source. <laughs> So don't get too excited. Um, No, no, that's fine. Uh, You went over to Korea and you got booked into... Sorry, you're breaking up. I can't Uh, hear you. You're breaking up on this one. Sorry. (laughs) What? No. What was that? (laughs) That's okay. I didn't think this was that bad. No, well, your sister, your sister got a was a, got got uh, in with a modeling agent and um, apparently they hired you to be a full-time magician. Full-time magician. That's not what my comment says. Your embellishment is outrageous. Okay, yes. I've had a few different experiences in my life, yes. And uh, being a magician was actually one of them, believe it or not, when I was 15. Um, And I learned all the card tricks and the rope rope tricks. Pardon? I've got 13 on my notes. Oh, God. Tell her tell her to... She's... Well, no wonder why I didn't get a birthday present. Um, I was 15 (laughs) 15 when I I was uh, over there. did one month one month in Korea while her and her friends were doing modeling I was pretending to be a magician I managed to pull it off too oh you did do you still yeah. pull out do you still pull out the cards when you're out in the outback today or what like is nah, it a skill only, you... at par- only, only at parties when I'm hanging out by myself <laughs> well that's when you're, the, you're at your funniest <laughs> some of the cattle struggle to pick a card out with those balls. <laughs> it gets awkward 52 pickup yeah <laughs> i have played that a fair few times on my own mate i hope you do an interview with Anika and then i'll get my turn so, tell us questions. upbringing like like family like um schooling you did a bit of butchery in your life i heard yep yep i did i um I just grew up with farm butchers. So I grew up on a farm or out back my entire life. And we always had a farm butcher coming out and did, um, doing that sort of stuff. So I wanted to know how to do it and um, went and started, did a, um, a pre-apprentice and then just uh, did about a year and a half or about a year with um, a butcher shop who um, they let me, they let me start as a third year apprentice um, because I guess I'd, yeah, I wanted to learn. So I'd learned quick and, yeah, did a year there and got my butcher's apprenticeship and then I finished my butcher's apprenticeship, came straight up to Kununara to um, do cattle pretty much straight after that. Yeah, good on you, mate. Good yeah. on you. Now, just so, so I can that. do my own beef, I can grow my own animals, I can then know what it's fed and then I can experiment with foods that I'm giving it. And I, Now they live off pumpkins and watermelons and bananas and all the uh, food that come off the farms up here. Yeah. And they're just beautiful, beautiful animals. I dry aged a lot of them. So yeah, good best on you, beef man. you can get Kimberley's. Good on you. Nice. And now, now living up there, man, like it, it is pretty remote living and, and when the wet season comes in, it is pretty pretty hard to get about. Yeah. What do you guys actually yeah. get up to? Well, the, the, the thing up here is the wet season is, um, it's very hard to live in the wet season because it is extremely hot, but it all is it is also one of the like, I guess most prettiest and scenic times of yeah. the year because you've got the huge storms that come rolling in um, 
every afternoon and just drop, you know, 50 to 100 metre, like just absolutely flood the land. Every mountain has just got waterfalls coming off it. So you just jump on the quad bike, head to any mountain you like, and you're sitting under a waterfall with an esky full of beer and chilling out in it for the afternoon, you know. Or you just go down yeah. to where it meets the river, flick a jelly loo, and you're onto barras. So, yeah, it's hot and, you know, humid and miserable, but it's really nice to be out. Um, and see these the power of these storms that come racing through a eh? and this the fish yeah but only that would be it's probably one of the most beautiful times out there too but oh, hey, oh, once once everything goes green yeah yeah and it bird just life, everything like comes alive life. yeah everything comes alive all the birds come back the animals come back the rivers are full it's it's a really good time of the year yeah it, it's it's hard not to fall in love with that that the outback life yeah. honestly yeah it yeah. really is Especially, I mean I love I love I love it for the majority of the stuff that I do with my contract shooting and everything. Um, and mate, when you're out there, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's beautiful. Yeah. And you don't want to freaking leave. Different world. Yeah. Different world. It is. It is. And, it, and it's, it's, but not only that, it's a tough life as well. I know for you guys, it is a really tough life. Um, yeah. Like, cause it, a lot of the time you guys are all out there on your own. And although you guys have got, yeah. got a great crew out there and everybody works. No. It's, it's still um, it's still five or six blokes, and that's it for three or four months, you know, at a time before you see anyone else. But I guess that's part of it yeah. too. Like you, you're out there, you you, you get um, a bond, and, and all teams do. They they kind of bond. You kind of know the strengths and weaknesses, and you start slowly. You've got no other option but to work together. You haven't got a choice. You have to work together. So you start yeah. to see the strengths and weaknesses, and put people and change your roles around so that someone is better at this. You let them do that, and um, and the end of the day is is when you all come in from a muster is one of the best times I reckon because you're, you're all around a campfire and you haven't seen each other all day because you've been out chasing individual mobs of cattle into the yards and everyone's talking about how they got flung off by a ball or got chased by this one here or they fell off the cliff here and they did all this and it's just that some of the best stories you have, you know, like otherwise it's, and that's what makes it all exciting or it's bad and someone didn't come back. You know, like, oh, shivers, like, where's old mate? He's like, oh, didn't, didn't you hear? You know, like, he got sent to the hospital. It was like, ah, what happened? No, big ball and got him in the leg or snapped his ankle or something. Like, it's, it's, the, when you get back around the campfires, like, the best part of the day, it's all good and awesome. And everyone's back and you're basically cheering, having a, have a beer or two and just sit back and relax and then go over the plans for the next day. Otherwise, you're telling stories about who you got sent home. I, lo yeah, I love the, the didn't you hear comment. Like, who the fuck was going to tell me? Like, just. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're on, you're on, you're on 5K radio. So sometimes you can hear, but you can't respond. Or um, you know, a chopper pilot might fly over the top of you and be like, "Oh, hey, mate, you know, um, I need to hand over this way. Can you, can you make your way to this mountain?" Um, so sometimes word gets around. Otherwise, you get back and you have no idea where anyone's been all day. So. Yeah, oh, wow. shit. Well, I think that's a good segue. Yeah. Actually, you mentioned earlier about doing survival training. Yeah, yeah. So I am. Um, a survival instructor in the Australian Army. So I um, we take soldiers out for about two or three weeks and, and teach them not just outback survival, it's universal survival. So we'll teach them how, what type of materials you can make string out of, what type of rocks you're looking for to find water or what type of landscape you're looking for, how to build shelters. Um, you are doing the, bu yeah, the bush tucker and, and all that sort of stuff to do with Australia, but we try and keep it generalised. That way it's not just because survival won't happen where you know it's going to be highly likely it's going to be in a, uh, an environment that you're not used to and that's why you're stuck there because you didn't know how to get out basically um mm. so whether it be a tropics desert you know an island snow 
you never know everything, but we try and teach them the basic um, survival and then the basic uh, understandings of how to get rescued because everyone is surviving just so they can get rescued. So that's a big part of survival is knowing how to get rescued um, and what are the universal signals that rescuers are looking for, um, whether it be a V on the ground or um, how you set a fire up. But there's a few different ways to, to um, get seen. Mm. Well, that's really that's cool, man. Cool. And you said um, that uh, as a part of that and all the other stuff, you want to you keep teaching and you want to yeah. leverage yeah. your social media to, to be able to do that. Definitely, definitely. People what's, think you're something when you've got social media, so I can use that to my advantage, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's the goal with that? What do you uh, want that to become? Well, I think I've had a... I'm not sure. Like, a, from what I um, feel, I want to do, like, um, I want to do with struggling teenagers or, like, that first 13, 14, 15 years of age. Because I think that's when they should, by that stage, have an understanding of... Um, of basic life skills and I think if they start then you, they can learn a bit and it's a bit easier to pick up on things and then they've got a bit of self-confidence as they grow up um, and then you know do stuff with adults that want to be out there or just for driverless or people who love exploring like I want to do courses for that as well so a bit more advanced stuff but I yeah. think first of all I want to do stuff with you know just kids that might be struggling and you know trying to fit in or trying to figure out because everyone bases a human being on how smart they are at school that is a good you know you're good at you're good at school or you're not good at school you know and everyone thinks if you're no good at school then that's life finished for you like that's the basic you know kind of mindset that people have and i want to change that because i don't it's not true like just because you're no good at one little thing which is you know reading and writing and and you know academic there's a whole there's the human being has millions of other traits that can make you a very good human being so um there's a whole lot if you get out there and you start getting up out in the land i think you start learning a bit more about yourself and, and learn the traits that you have got about yourself and your strengths and weaknesses which give you a big advantage in life i think no yeah, yeah, awesome, absolutely man. I absolutely love that. right man absolutely right because there are a lot of kids out there that okay they're, they're not good at any at school um yeah. ain't the sharpest tool in the shed but i've got a lot more common sense than the people that do yeah yeah and, and and i think it's i had that in school i had people basically saying because you can't read and write sit you're not gonna get a job you're not gonna be able to be successful it's like what what makes everyone think that this one skill academic this one skill is what makes you a good human being in society it's exactly who, right who, decides, who the hell decides that well brady tries to, brady tries to <laughs> tell me all the time i can't use a freaking computer <laughs> it's only because i'm forced to work Look. with you on a computer <laughs> like... <laughs> Look. If you know how to be a good bloke, if you know how to be a good bloke or a, a good Sheila or whatever you whatever you want to be, then you'll get on with someone else. And if you can have a friend, you can have anything you like. Because I just need to make friends with you and you can help me use a computer. I'll make friends with Rob who helped teach me how to do rubbing. You know, there's lots of... <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I, I agree 100%, man. That's been the coolest thing about doing... Believe doing podcasts and, and talking to all sorts of different people is um, just the people who are good at skills are usually more than willing to share those. Um, yeah. And the, the current sort of boxed in version we have of education does need a major upgrade. It does. It does. And I, and I believe it's about who, you know, not what you know. I strongly believe in that saying you, like oh, get out there, meet people, 
Absolutely right, people. mate. Did you hear it what he said, Rob? Right. That means there's a good reason to not be an ass to everybody. Hey, mate, it's just in my <laughs> DNA to be an asshole. It's only, hey, what do you want? It's only you, mate. It's only you. It's not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only person in the world that does it, mate, honestly. But he's getting to talk to a lot of people. I'm getting him out of his shell. <laughs> I didn't feel that. Get on you. Get on you. <laughs> I didn't feel that far in a shell. <laughs> Nav, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I look forward to seeing your school open up. That'd be a great. That, that, that would be yeah. awesome, man. Seeing, seeing something like that to actually help youths, number one, and getting them out of the city. Like that, a, lot of, a lot of kids from the city yeah. could actually do with going out into the bush and actually doing this sort of stuff because, yeah. on, on, it honestly... It doesn't even have to be harsh. It doesn't... Yeah. Just no, basic, let, just let's basic face stuff. it. A lot of them can't even tie their own freaking shoelaces. Yeah, you're dead right. I've met kids in school that have still haven't climbed a tree and they're 17 years old. Never oh, climbed a tree. Ridiculous. You know, that's, not how that, you that's a whole part of the that's a whole part of the brain they've never used. The yeah, whole idea right. of like that's a whole part of the brain they've never used. Yeah. If you look at it like that way if you want to. This 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 thing has a lot. They can learn a lot. Put it in as many situations as possible. Therefore, you can use as much of this as you possibly can. Yeah, see that? I, 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 I'd argue that point because, mate, this thing has gotten me into a lot of shit. <laughs> and it's still doing it today. I feel like that's you not using it, but that's just me. <laughs> I, think, I think the problem is you're using <laughs> not enough of it. <laughs> I'm using way too much of it. That's a problem because my brain's like, I've got so many things on the boil. Like, we're doing a podcast, but I've got three other businesses that I run. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yes, yes. Some Excuses. people are just broken, you know. That's kidding. You're kidding. <laughs> now, what's a um, so you ran us a little bit through your typical day to day in terms of what you do for work. What's it like? Um, we got a bit of a snapshot of the living circumstance. What's, what's the food like out there? Because we talk a lot about food on this show. So, what's your yeah. sort of daily go to meals? Spaghetti and meatballs is normally kangaroo poo and a bit of tomato sauce. Wow, you nailed it. So there you go. See, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like, um, I love my cooking. So I'm into um, any, most things, meat. And then I love my um, breads and things. So I'll make pizzas and pastas and I'll make the pasta sauces from scratch, whether it be with tomatoes and Italian heritage. So um, yeah, everything I try and make from scratch, no matter what, what it is, but in lasagna, you can have meat. So I have lasagnas, I have pizzas, yeah, the pastas, the, the, the good steaks. I make my own snags. So I'm, yeah, I, nice. I'm eating like pretty good out here. Like you've got a veggie garden. So, you know, and what I don't use on the animal goes in the veggie garden and makes the soil nice and then tomatoes and everything grows good. So, oh, so Rob, vegetables, a, right? They're just this, this edible substance that comes up out of the. <laughs> don't use those words. That goes against my, mate, you, what do you think? Do I look vegan to you? <laughs> Seriously, hey, I come from an Italian background too, mate. I'm an Italian background as well, but veggies. You've got to eat something. <laughs> no, mate. Look, there are people out there that are specifically designed to eat vegetables. Me, no way. He says, "I've eaten some of your food. You're full of it." This might help with. It might help with some of the decision making if you have some vegetables. That's probably why there's a few things you know. Look, um, I, I don't mind. I don't mind my roasted capsicums, <laughs> my roasted garlic, and all that other stuff. Yes. Well, there you I go. Can, Here we go. I can cook as well. Don't start putting shit on me, mate. Come on. There we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mate, That's I can wrong. make. I, I can still make arancini. I can still make lasagnas, canelone, yep. everything. There you go. I make my own pastas, my own breads, a whole lot. And I mean, even when we're out in the bush, mate, I, I love 
running yeah. the courses that we do out in the bush, teaching people how yeah. to harvest, you know, bush tucker and how to cook off yeah. the land and, and everything else. And and to me, that's probably one of the one of the closest roots you're going to get to your, your, your primal roots. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah and I it's was, the best. Yeah, it's, it's the best thing to educate people. I, I reckon that yeah. sort of education of knowing where your meat comes from and and eating yeah. the, that yeah. those those wild animals to me personally is. Yeah. Yep. I mean, being being you know, wog background. It's like, sustainable. It's sustainable living too. It's it's good. It's exactly right. I mean, the the Europeans came here, mate. That's all they used to eat was wild animals. Yep. Yep. Beef, beef, and beef and lamb were a luxury. And today, with the prices yeah. of what beef and lamb are worth, Jesus Christ, it's still a luxury. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's getting <laughs> yeah. pretty. It's getting pretty nuts these days. Now, yeah. I think that's also a good uh, sort of uh, spot to ask you. What's your best cooking tip? My best cooking tip for which anything the, your dish. your your thing oh. everybody should employ. Every, cooking on the fire makes everything taste better. Thank Guaranteed. you. Yes. Guaranteed. Whether it be underground or directly on the coals, when yeah. I, all my steaks and stuff, nine times out of ten, I'm putting it straight on the coal. Straight yeah, on. No magic. Rage, just straight on. Yeah. So yeah. for the underground, for those who don't know, which is definitely not me. Um, <laughs> like a hungy, like a hungy is, is, I mean, there's millions of different words for it, but the, the, the one that people mostly know is a hungy. So you, yeah. you wrap it up in whether it be alfoil or you, you can do paper bark and banana leaves, but alfoil I like, cause I want it, I want the heat to burn the outside and then that slow heat to then continue to cook it. So if it's in banana leaves or paper bark, it kind of, um, it's like more of a boil in a way because it doesn't really burn it. But uh, if you wrap it in alfoil and drop it under the ground, it gets a good crisp on the outside because directly yeah, gets the coal, basically. Yep. Absolutely. Now, aside from aside from meat, because I know you're a carnivore, right? What's yep. your What's your favourite other food? If you If you like, let, let's <laughs> you say can't you had say to the word away. vegetable. <laughs> uh, don't say Don't say vegetables because I'll cut you off straight away because that sucks. All right. Don't worry, no, like, he doesn't know how to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so I can cut, cut, I can say whatever I want to him, and he can't be like, "Oi, stop, stop, stop!" I'll, I'll flip I you edit the, the show. Bird, Don't worry about it. I'll flip you the bird. I don't give a shit. Um, no, no it's so much like blur you... work for me to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you had to go away at a restaurant and and you never had the choice of meat, what what's your favourite dish? No choice of meat. Yeah, it can have meat well, in it. I, I, I think what he's getting at is it can't be like. When a... I don't go out, when, when when I go out, I don't order anything with beef or fish. Anyways, a standard because I get so much fish and beef anyways. It's I'm always limited to what I'd get, but geez, when I go out, I generally go for a beer. <laughs> Good choice. Um, so <laughs> it's a liquid. Yeah. It's a liquid <laughs> dinner. <laughs> I don't know, mate. I, that's a hard one because. You're actually, you're actually quite spoiled up there. I'll tell you honestly. Uh, and when I say the word spoiled, the food that you guys up. actually get out there is amazing. Like your mud crabs, yeah. your barra. Yeah, you, we get like we get oysters. We get yeah, like you get everything. Yeah, and it's it and it's an abundance of it over there. Like it really is yeah. an abundance, yeah. and a, a lot of people don't actually. Or I think the word would be appreciate how good living off the land and where you guys actually are with the food yeah. Yeah. that you yeah. guys have actually got it. So it is hard. I guess for you, it would be hard to actually turn around and say, oh yeah, 
I'd rather eat. I, I'd go out for sushi or I'll go out for a burger or something else when you've got it all yeah. there. Yeah, no, no. It's 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 not often that I go into town for anything. The only time I'm eating away is when I'm I leave. I fly to the Gold Coast to see family or I'm down Perth or something. Then I have to mm. go out and eat something. And I generally try and find the meals that I can't make myself. Um, so it might be sushi <laughs> or something weird that I something weird something weird that I can't make, you know, or that I that I can't get at home. So. That's, yeah, no, that's, no, that's my right. mentality anyway, and I live here. Yeah. So, that's, okay. yeah. No. <laughs> I don't, people who go out and eat the exact same meal every time just blow my mind. Yeah, no, bugger that. No. <laughs> so I've, 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 I love, I love because I've been, I've been overseas like a few times, like to the, to the states and Mexico and everything. So yeah. I've, and with the bar, in, in the barbecue scene that I'm in, and and with everything that we do, like I've blended like the European, Australian, Mexican all that food together and it just gives you a complete different flavor in your foods. I mean, hence the reason yeah, I why agree. I came up, I came up with a game on rub, obviously. Um, and I'll send, I'll send something over you to you. Need, so you guys, you know when I edit I this. Put, oh, hang on. Sorry. I want, to, I want to put some straight on my beef jerky. So can you send some up to me? I just want to put it straight on and see what it tastes like on the outside. It'll be mad. Just it, it's amazing. It. I'll tell you honestly. Like salt. <laughs> <laughs> send it out. And I'll send some beef jerky back. Done deal. Done deal. Um, okay, and now, and you, you've done a lot of traveling. You've been down, down, um, down the coast with your mate Matt, doing a lot of filming yep. as well. Yep, explore life. Yep. Yeah. There's not many places other than um, what's that little country down the bottom of Australia that's kind of like disconnected? They call themselves Australians. It starts with T, and they've got like two heads. And um, oh, the inbred capital of Australia. Yeah. What's that place down there? That's um, the Twelve Toes. Um, Toz, 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 right? no, Matt, no. Matt, yeah, Toz, Toz, oh, ta- oh, uh, yeah, that one. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say that. That I thought it was the full stop at the end of Australia. Yeah, well, well, Tasmania is like like Sicily. It's a shit that didn't fit in the end of the boot. Yeah. No, no, I've got. I actually, got, I can't be too mean there because I've got a lot of good friends down there. But I haven't <laughs> been. <laughs> I'll have to get down there and give it a go because I've heard it's quite nice. Mate, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, I've been a, I've been a Tassie. It is beautiful. It really yeah. is. And it's it's um, it's cold. If you like cold weather, it's great. I mean, I don't like cold weather, but I don't mind it, you know, if it's if we've got big bushfires happening around so you can keep warm and stuff. <laughs> I mean, there's not much of a shortage. Jeez, bonfires. That sounds terrible. They already had fires down there. Oh, no, we've, we've, we've had a lot of fires down here, mate. It's, it's been, it yeah. was terrible two years ago. Yeah, you poor buggers. Yeah, but um, uh, favorite place to visit in Australia if you ever had to go there and you always wanted to, like just your go-to destination for a holiday. Go-to destination. That's why I moved to the Kimberleys. Um, other than the Kimberleys. Other than um, the Kimberleys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I um. I really enjoyed the south. The reason they went across the Nullarbor and all those cliffs and, and those beaches and stuff along there, and I really enjoyed that. Just mm. being able to race out, catch squid, catch fish. It was perfect for camping. It wasn't too hot, you know, like it was actually, I actually really enjoyed that. It, it's still not too many people down there too, so it's quite nice. Oh, that was down um, in South Australia. Yeah, down across South Australia, the bottom of South Australia. Yeah. And into W, like down towards Esperance and, and that. It was really nice. It's hard one. I mean, everywhere you go, you go up the top of Cairns and Cape York, and that is insanely beautiful country as well. So um, it's a hard one. We, we we do have we do have one of the most beautiful countries in the world, mate. Yeah, 
Yeah, we've got everything. Yeah. Snow, deserts, tropics, and beaches. What, what more do you want? Well, it's pretty much everything around the world, just in one place. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And we got we got a few too many politicians as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we got a lot of people that can't make a freaking decision, a proper decision, yeah. period. Isn't yeah. that the definition of a politician? <laughs> that's it. We did say we weren't going to get into politics on this run. Yeah, oh, here true. we go. <laughs> Don't start. Don't start. Navala. Don't start. Campfire. You need to be around a campfire for that. For that. I'll, t- I'll take it down a different, darker route. Did you guys have any negative effects there from, from the old pandemic we're all enjoying? Um. Not too bad. Not too bad. It was pretty good the first year because no one was allowed in. So the whole dry season was the first dry season ever that we had no tourists. And so it was like nice and quiet in town and lovely and that sort of things. A lot of the businesses, however, struggled, like the big farming industries and that, like the big banana farms and rock melon farms and yeah, vegetables and all the sandalwood farms. They really struggled because they couldn't get backpackers to work. Um, so they they did take a fair bit and a couple of them closed down. So that's that's up here was the farmers that really and the business, small businesses that got hit um other than that most most um most of the cattle stations got their workers up before march to start anyway so before it really hit everyone had full teams and so the stations were all go go um yeah. it was just the town that struggled yeah well, but not I, they're not too bad like well i know you guys have locked out new south wales so that really sucks yeah <laughs> pretty much Western Australia locked out everyone. We've locked out everybody, mate. Your, your, your bloody premier over there, mate, has just literally turned around and said, like, F you to everybody. You ain't yeah. doing it. You're not coming yeah. over. Which is, which is good and bad. You have There's goods to that and there's bads to that. I mean, we do need people to come through Western Australia um, to help out Western Australia. But then again, at least the people in Western Australia, we are fortunate only because we've got such a huge state. We can go, You can still travel a fair way without having to be locked down. Um, yeah that's cool but you know so it's like yeah cool we can still travel and get around at least we're not jammed in a city and then locked down into the city um but then again you, you know australia has family we all have family across the other side of the world you know basically that i've got family country. over there in wa yeah yeah so you know everyone living over here pretty much has family over the east you know so it's it was hard on on a lot of families trying to you know didn't get to see anyone for 12 months so yeah 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 well, mate, unfortunately, unfortunately, this is something that's got everybody off guard. Um, Look, we're the best country. We, we are Australians, after all, and we do band together more than any other country to get things done. And I think if if it shit comes to shovel, then we will. We'll get we'll get out there and we'll, we'll make sure that we're all all right. Um, that's what Australians do. And and I hope we, hopefully we get we get on top of things again. And and if, if the bloody politicians bloody get their shit together we'll we'll be back on top of on on this whole thing and and look after one another We're expecting yeah. a lot of a weird type of people good um, luck good luck with that one mate <laughs> <laughs> now nah, thanks for that now we've got to ask the question it is 2021 yeah. um yeah so what's your what's your favorite part of your job um aside yeah, from drinking beer and going getting mud crabs it, it'll be on the, just being outside on the land yeah have to be oh I don't know. It's, it's hard because I love meeting people and the people you do meet out here have bloody good stories. Like they just know so much and you just sit down, listen, and you learn. You can be a 60 year old at my age still because you just learn and listen from them and you learn a hell of a lot. You know, you don't have to have many experiences to learn from these guys. Yeah. Just listen to them and trust, trust, take their word and you're bloody, you're better off. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, let's call him Nav. Tell me. Um, you love you, you guys love your hunting over there as well, don't you? Yeah. 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 Well, so we, what, we live off it, so. Yeah. So what what are the what are the pigs what are the pig numbers like over there? What what are the like and for me this is a, a massive thing because I'm into the feral animal side of things, right? Yep. yep. What what are the numbers like? What predominantly what's your biggest pest over there? Um your hardest thing to control, all that sort of stuff. Um and how managed pigs, that pretty, is everything. We're pretty good for pigs up around Kananara. Everyone's shot them out, so they're pretty much gone. There's a few about an hour north of us and down towards Fitzroy and that you get pigs, but up up in the East Kimberley here, um, the the main things are probably feral cats and dingoes, and and yep. brumbies that are the biggest things that people are trying to shoot out. Um, oh really? Just, yeah. Other than that, you got the, not, that many that many brumbies up there. We've got a lot of brumbies, yeah, up up along the coastline stuff. People shoot out, so um, and then donkeys that go along with them. They, a few years back, they went cold most of the donkeys out, but there are still donkeys they're trying to get rid of. Yeah. yeah. God, I wish I could. No, we just on our Questro station. On our Questro, there's a, there's a mob of about 50 brumbies that live amongst the Cobans, and you can't get them out, buddy. And they're just the poor things are like cancerous and just big-headed, slanty back, oh, wow. weird-looking things. It's just it's just brother and sister and brother and sister. Yeah, and just and constantly like inbred. Constantly for years and years inbred. So, yeah, they're, they're not. They're, they're struggling. Like they they just yeah they need to be taken out or put new genetics in. But better yeah. just they get rid of them. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but feral cats, feral cats are a massive, massive problem feral out there cats. as well. Eh? And everywhere, everywhere. You see them at night time driving on the road. You see three or four. The, the bloody eyes just showing back at you. You know, they run across the road. Like you see it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, well, no, you, you don't have many um, uh, camels and stuff out there. No, not quite this far north. They're a little bit. Sad. Once you get down to Halls Creek, yep. you get the camels down there. But up up here. It's more closer to the tropics, so you don't get the camels, you don't get the rabbits, you don't get the foxes. Um, yeah, it's a bit. I mean, you get a lot more humidity the worst, up there, right? Yeah, the worst thing ever we have is cane toads. That's the worst thing ever. That's cane toads there. They've killed everything, mate. Everything. Oh well. They they destroyed. They they're now all the way across to to Derby, mate. Like they they they've gone across the entire north of Australia. They've we used to have blue tongue lizards here, like like norm, like everywhere. Like they were just like like you would see a normal bird or a lizard, they're just everywhere. You'd say, see five or six a day, any 10 sheet you lift under, there's five under there. Now, zero. I've not seen one in 10 years. I've not seen a brown snake of any type in 10 years. We had the king browns, the eastern browns up here, the western browns, you had all sorts of brown snakes up here. Zero. I've not seen any. Oh, wow. Gone. Wow. Guanas, guanas, I saw one last year, my first one last year. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Jeez. because of the cane toad. It's, it's had that much of an impact. Huge. I don't know if blue tongues will ever come back. I've not seen one in 10 years, 11 years now, since 2010. I've not seen one. And I spend a lot of time outside. I spend a lot of time outside. So you can, it's not just like I'm, you know, walking outside every now and then. My whole day job is outside. So I should come across one, not even a track. I haven't seen a track of a blue tongue lizard. So they're gone. They're finito. Oh, no. Fucking hell, that sucks. No, that's that's terrible. Yeah, that really is terrible. To actually and, know and, that, and, mate, that's 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 yeah. quite heartbreaking for the environment. Oh yeah, the snake population. I used to have uh, four giant goannas that were at least two meters long as pets at home. You could just feed them bits of scraps of meat and stuff, and they just disappeared along with the rest of them. Um, gone. You don't see goannas anymore. And that you you'd say would come down to lack of food because the cane toads are eating their food sources. 
no, they ate the cane toads. Yeah. They, they ate the cane toads and killed them off. Oh shit. So the toxins inside the cane toad have actually killed the lizards off. Because even in the even in the baby ones and the, uh, they're poisonous. So they'll get to a lagoon, they'll lay their thirty thousand. I don't know how many eggs they lay, but they lay a big mob of eggs. The fish eat those little frogs. The fish die off. So the lagoon's then empty, and the cane toads just keep breeding, and they eat green tree frogs. All the green tree frogs have only just started to come back last year. They they pretty much wiped out the the, the population of frogs. That's arrow frogs, bell frogs, green tree frogs. Like there used to be, you lift, lift the toilet seat up and there's 50 green tree frogs in there now. Every now and then you might see one. Holy shit. Yeah. That's wild. What? Holy they shit, decimated, man. They decimated the Eskimbalus. Absolutely. Like when the, the first year in 2010, when the first wet season came through after the cane toads made it, just at the front of our block, we were on the old river and there's 14 dead freshwater crocodiles at the front of our place. Oh, wow, man. That's fucking terrible. Honestly. That's just the front of our places. You can imagine the whole river, there might have been a thousand, over a thousand dead in, you know, in a couple of that days. That is wrong. That is so yeah. fucking wrong. That's crazy. No way. Easy. So what are you guys doing to control that? Is the government actually coming in and doing anything about this? What do you do? What, like the East Kimberley is the most groundwater in the in the whole of Australia. You've got rivers and stuff that entire, they struggle during the dry season, but during the wet season, they're just everywhere. They everywhere. thrive in every lagoon and every little water hole they just thrive and and there's so many bugs in the wet season that they have so much food they've got food everywhere so you can't i don't know how you'd feed them i don't know how you do it other than do something stupid like bring something else in to defeat them well so then that was the main reason why they were coming in for for the for the exactly right. bug. yeah we've got the good thing is i'm seeing a lot more of killback snakes and for any australian watching please don't kill killback snakes killbacks look like brown snakes in a way they've got like a lot nice little raised ridge on every scale that's why they're called killback mm. and they're the only snake that can eat cane toads and not die and they're harmless so win-win oh wow that's awesome yeah. i'm starting to see a lot of those around um recently and i never saw any of those before so i, mean, I knew they existed i just never seen one now are they, they venom came, venomous towards us Nope, harmless. harmless. Beautiful, beautiful. Which I mean, that's good. something. That's something that should be should be actually released out into the media. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I've but the pro, I'm seeing people send me snakes. Like, Look, Nabs, I've, I've I've just killed a brown snake. You know, it's the first brown snake I've seen. They send me this photo, and I'm like, no, 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 it's a killback. Don't kill snake. Like, it's <laughs> not a brown snake. It was in the house, and I was like, so what? Take it outside. It's harmless. God, stop. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. well, I was going to wow, ask you next sucks. what was um sort of biggest misconception you come into, but that's definitely going to have to hit the nail on the head, I imagine. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how they're going to fix it. So that, 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 that's a that's a huge Mate. problem, man. Like, cane toads over there, like, by the sounds of it, are probably one of the massive, most massive pests that you got. Yeah, they are. That's the killing off the environment. Like, and I don't know when things will ever recover. I don't know if the... We're starting to see whip snakes come back and, and uh, a couple of... Uh, like olive pythons and stuff. I still haven't been seen a brown snake in 10 years. So, or a blue tongue lizard. So, um, I don't know when oh, they will return or if ever. So, well, yeah. man. Well, that, 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 wow, that's, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we got to talk about it and yeah, maybe it gets out there and maybe Rob Hopefully. can well, let, start something about it and we'll, um, yeah, we'll definitely spread it over. Oh, so now you want me to use my federal federal friends in, in parliament to actually do something about this, do you? Oh, sorry, I asked yeah. you guys to do work. <laughs> yeah. Serve your yeah. purpose, my bad. 
<laughs> I'll start a cane toad culling business. Oh God, yes. Put them in. Get out there. Put them in. Get out there and hit them with a three hundred wind you mate. Eat, you can eat cane toads. <laughs> yeah, mate. I'm not French. <laughs> I'm not French, mate. <laughs> That's all we need. Release a few French people into the outback here. See if we can drop the cane toad population. No, no, let's not. Let's not we'll, do that. We'll bring it up a bit. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about that. But what's the funniest story you've got for us from all of your adventures so far? Ones that we don't throw in your face that we've researched. Although we do still have another two uh, sister. Probably, um, I don't know, God, funny stories, lots of funny stories. He's just done stupid stuff. Some good stories is when, when you're in a cattle yard, um, you get those cows that, um, that don't um, want to leave the yard. They just get extremely angry and upset and they just want to sit there and chase you around the cattle yard. And you can't get them out. <laughs> try and put cattle in with them and you try and let them all follow the herd. They just stare at you. So we had this one in this old set of yards. We had too big. The yards are way too big and probably, I don't know, 40 meters across so it's quite a big run um and we had this old cow that we're trying to deal with her because she was down she wasn't getting up but then we also had this bloody spade cow that was in there mad spade cow um and so i couldn't go and lift this old cow up and try and see what's wrong with her because get getting chased so i thought one of us boys would go in and play chicken with it which is where you walk towards it and when it chases you you run out the yard and let it follow you out the yard job done um, I drew the straw straw, so I was on the chicken game. So I was. I like all the how boys, that's not the um, job done, by the way. Like, what happens yeah. to you? <laughs> well, <laughs> you, what you do is once you get out of the yard, as you go past the gate, you grab the pole and kind of fling around so that it kind of can't turn that quick, and hopefully it continues to run out the yard and be free. Otherwise, it turns around, and comes and gets you. But anyway, <laughs> good plan. Yep, normally, cool. it runs away. This time in the yard <laughs> and. I'm, all the boys are lined up. There's four fellas lined up in the yard here because this is going to be this is going to be good. It's a hard one because you've got to get a huge distance before you get out the gate. And they they run faster than you do. And I'm walking towards this cow and I'm you know, psh, psh, come on, come and get me. I come, hey, come on, like charge me, come on, charge me. And I'm getting closer and closer to the middle of this paddock. I'm like looking back. I'm like, geez, I don't know. Like if I get too much closer to her, I can't make it back to the freaking gate. And I'm getting within like five meters of her. <laughs> she's flicking up dust, she's flicking up dust. I'm like, you bitch, like just run. Oh my god, me. he's just frozen. Come on. Anyway, everyone's everyone's getting ready to laugh because they know this is a bad situation to be in. Anyway, she has a go. And I bolt towards this yard, and this yard is the gate is not getting any closer. I'm flat out, and I just hear everyone going, run now, run, 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 run. You know, I can just hear her snorting <laughs> at my back. Like she is right behind me. I'm still 15 meters from the yard. Like I'm not going to make it. If I too close to hits me, then I just get slammed into the gate. So I decide to sidestep and run the other direction, thinking I might have a bit more. If she can't turn, hopefully she goes out the gate. If not, by the time she turns around, I'll have enough time to run to another fence and get out of the way. I tell you what, she turned on a dime. The second I turned, <laughs> she turned. And I'm now running towards the middle of the yard and have nowhere to go. So I thought I'll run towards this old cow who's lying down the middle and I'll jump over her because this will give me the time to think if the cow goes left, I'll turn right. If the cow goes right around this cow, I'll be able to go the other direction. So as I jump over this cow, she's trying to bite me, bloody tonguing out everything, trying to get me as I jump over her. <laughs> I turn, I'll tell you what, this cow, spade cow behind me is midair. 
it is launching over this camp with me. And I realized I am fucked. Like, this is it. I will not make it to any yard. So I run, run, run as close as I can. The guys are laughing their heads off at this stage, like just run, run, run. Super helpful, anyway, yeah. I, I'm getting towards the fence. I can feel her nose on my back. And I thought, I'm not going to make it up the yard. So I get to the yard and I jump and like starfish it out. So I spread my legs and jump as hard as I can, hoping she'd go between my legs. Sure enough, she did. But she's lifted her head up. And just as she's done that, I've grabbed onto the bar. She's come up between the legs, flung me. And because I've held onto the freaking bar, I've just done a full somersault over the thing, landed on my ass and back on the other side and completely winded. Boys are falling off the yard everywhere, laughing their heads off. Freaking didn't even get the cow out, you know? Far out. But that's what we smashed. My nuts were sore. I was, couldn't breathe. And I thought I was going to die for a minute there. Like, I just... Like, it's, I spent a lot of airtime. Like, I just got flung. I flew for quite some time. Oh, that is gold. That is yeah. freaking gold, mate. <laughs> and that's just, that's just one of the times I had to play chicken. Oh, wow. Go. That's fucking incredible. Seriously, man. I appreciate that. Good I mean, time. I was gearing towards a story that wasn't embarrassing for you, but, like, I still appreciate <laughs> it nonetheless. Like, if it's funny, it's because I get hurt. <laughs> Oh, that is gold. Seriously, mate. It's probably one of the best stories I've heard in a while. <laughs> pretty good. I'll tell you what, these bastards can run. It kind of makes the dumb shit that I do actually, like, really good. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> See? Not so dumb after all. <laughs> <laughs> mate, fishing. I've seen you love you, you. You went out marlin fishing. Where was that? Oh, that was off the Gold Coast, actually. Um, I didn't mean to go marlin fishing. We were just going to go catch a couple of fish. And then that morning, the mate that I was going with said, um, oh, my mate caught a couple of marlin yesterday. Do you want to go have a look? And I was like, oh, I normally fish for what I can eat. So I was like, oh, all right, if, if that's what you want to go fish for. And we got out there and um, I was talking to him. I said, oh, like, how good are they? Like, can you eat marlin? He goes, no, nah, no, nah, no one really eats marlin. I was like, oh, bugger, like, you can't eat them. Um, anyway, hooked up to two marlin. And then I got this big 90 kilo one that took like, two and a half hours to wind in mm. um and we had such a small line that it basically just stopped swimming so we ended up pulling it up by hand um got on the boat and i, I was like it's fuck, stupid like why don't eat why, like why can't why do you go fishing for something you can't eat you know and he goes oh you can't eat them it's just too much meat and i was like what you can eat them and he goes yeah was like, too much meat that's not my problem. Cut his head off, put him in the esky. I'm taking him straight home. I'm gonna eat every. I'm gonna eat the whole damn thing. Smoke it, grill it. I'll tell you what. I got a big family to feed, mate. So yeah, cutlets, do, do the Italian <laughs> thing, mate, and cutlets. Bloody hell! The whole lot. Bloody oath. Uh, I'm gonna hook him up. Not gonna bloody all that for nothing. <laughs> he didn't go to waste. He was caught for a good reason and went to a good cause. Good on you, mate. On Just nav. <laughs> nav stomach. Good cause. <laughs> mate, I've had an absolute freaking ball. Yeah, and, and I want to hear more stories another time, Nav. Yeah, another time would be freaking mad. But, I, well, mate, I'll tell you what. Next dry season, next dry season, I'm definitely coming up. I'm going up to, to the Territory. But mate, I'd love to catch up. But we will. Yeah. I do want to do another, um, another, another episode because this has been freaking amazing. Just don't talk to my sister, um, <laughs> my mum, please. Mate, We're not we, revealing we left out two things. We can't reveal our sources. <laughs> nah, we left out two two things that Annika said. So, mate, you're lucky. Oh, did we? You're lucky. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm lucky, actually. Am I lucky? You are. I felt like I got done up pretty hard there. <laughs> <laughs> I think what Andy said was probably the worst. I, I like how you only gave him the bad information Andy gave him and I had to jump in with the nice. Define the nice thing aside from he's just one of the most loyal and nicest blokes you'll ever meet. <laughs> Look, if that's all I ever got told, I'll take it because that's pretty good, I reckon. The bloody oath it is, mate. It is. Can't be too much in a friend. Oh. What happened there? Oh, I reckon his phone must have died. It must have been close. I think he just missed the uh, low battery before oh, as well. Oh, bugger. So that sucks. But, I mean, it, it was rounding up anyway. So, And the poor bugger's phone must be struggling just for reception out there. Oh, yeah. But look, mate, he's, he's a great guy. Oh, yeah. He's what a really legend. I love awesome those bloke. stories. I love his mentality towards just so much of life. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, absolute legend. It was great. It's an chat. absolute treat to have on it. And I reckon you can just talk for hours and hours and hours and just keep on going with this guy. Like, he's got so many great stories to, to, to really just give to you. And, um, and and I love the diversity of the people that we've got on. Yeah, so far it's been great. I mean, there's, uh, none of them are doing just one particular thing, but we've had a couple barbecue guys. We've had Butcher. Um, but they're all involved in different projects. They're all teachers as well in some yeah. uh, sort of aspect some, as well. Some I think way that's or a, form they are. Yeah, which is great news. And then, yeah, I love what Nav's setting up for himself in the future. And I love that his little, he tripped into just having such a successful social media career. <laughs> he didn't even set it up himself. Put it nah, that, didn't that, want that, it. How's that work for you? Didn't want it. That's yeah. Didn't want it. <laughs> That's great. But then sometimes just the best personalities to follow, and you get that from him. He's just such a genuine person. There's not a, there's nothing fake about Nav. He's no, just, no. A lot, a lot of people. You, you talk to some people, and it's like, um, but 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 it's a perception of people, right? Like, and, yeah. and we do discuss this all the time. People's perceptions of, like, say me or or Nav or or anybody, right? They all sit there and go, oh, we, we, you know, he showboats and it, it's all about him and they, they love the attention and everything else. It's not about that. No. It's not. You, we just have a passion for what we do. No, and no one who loves attention goes and fucks off away from society for five months at a time. That's exactly <laughs> right. There's no, you, you, and the way I look at it is, is in, in, like, as a business way, way of thinking is a successful person is not a person who, literally just does it for the money it's a successful person the person is passionate about what he's actually doing and and you can see he just oozes a passion for the bush he loves it oh absolutely loves it and yeah that, that tragedy with the cane toads there that's something that hopefully maybe we can get something going um or at least raise awareness through the interview at the very least so, oh look i'd i'd uh i'd hope through some of the the federal contacts that i've got that i can basically try and find out what's going on yeah, um, this sounds quite devastating. Not like small eco ecological effects there. Like that's that's quite large. He hasn't that, seen certain massive. animals in ten years, and that's not exactly. I mean, and I haven't seen it be reported on. <laughs> no, well, the, mate, the fact that they've got no blue tongues, no brown snakes, no goannas. Goannas are like the, the they're the best thing for the bush. And crocs just floating up to just uh, dead crocs, crocs. Crocs are dying and everything else. It, it, it's a joke, mate. Like it's oh. it. These things were an introduced species that should have been, you know, looked after by the government. Period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which well, haven't been, and unfortunately, it's starting to become a an ecological disaster. Yeah, well, it really is. We'll I see mean, what we get done. Who's our uh, next guest, Rob? You'd think uh, our next guest uh, would be Mr. Peter Griffith. 
Mr. Peter He's, Griffith. Um, yeah, uh, Pete, and we have Noel from uh, the Meat Mafia in uh, the in New Zealand. Yeah, cool. All right. So, yeah, so we got Pete Griffiths from I Hunt Down Under. So Pete's Pete's got a huge following as well, and he's literally just he's a he's a hunter, he's a fisherman, he's a he's a he's an outback adventure bloke, he's an action junkie, he's an amazing guy. I love, love Pete. Like Pete Pete does some amazing stuff. He's just another guy, straight, real down to earth. Loves the bush, loves the, the Aboriginal people out in the bush, and and literally just does everything with them. Um, he is a wealth of knowledge out in the bush. Yeah. Um, crikey, I mean, Nav, Nav hit it right on the head. Where you know, I'm I'm 45, but I feel like I'm 70 with the knowledge that you get from all the people around you. Yeah. And that's what makes these guys here as well. Like, especially you'll see with Pete. Pete's just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to hunting, fishing, and 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 tracking, and all that sort of stuff as well. And then we've got, um, uh, like I said, then we've got Noel uh, from New Zealand. He's um, he's a barbecue champ in his own in his own thing. Uh, he he was originally from uh, from England. Moved oh, to New okay. Zealand 20, 20 wow, years I want to hear that accent, uh, a British Kiwi. That's gonna be yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a weird accent that one there. Yeah, um, I'm but yeah, he, he's he's cooking. His cooking is just like next level, like really really yep. great stuff. And then we've got John Rally, we've got Jess Trials, we've got you know Rob McKenzie from Maca Angus, we've got Chef Sam Burke, we've got we've got oh, about man, another keep, keep, keep a little in the secrets. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've got a whole heap. We've got we've a, got a, we've got a fair bit coming up. But we do. Just, we've got a hell of a lot coming up, man. We'll let everyone know. This episode was sponsored by the Game On Enterprises. That is the rub that Rob promotes just so strongly. Uh, Alpha Gear Solutions, all the gear that gets used by Rob out in the bush the Bradley Smokers Australia. They just make excellent food. And the Australian Hunting, Fishing, Outdoors and Rec Group. These are all great organisations. They'll have all their websites tagged in the show notes. Definitely check those out, guys, as well as if you are enjoying the show, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's Rob's channel. Um, and hit the notification bell. Otherwise, you won't see when episodes are coming up. And we're blasting them out as quick as we can. So you don't want to miss them. And we also are trying to get them uh, through audio on your yep. IRL pod. That'll be up real soon uh, once we stop experiencing the technical difficulties of <laughs> Rob. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I've told you once, I'll tell you again, I'll make two short planks look like a bloody computer, mate. It's fine. I, I, I like being involved <laughs> and you being useless at this stuff means I'm involved. So it's totally fine with me, mate, man. Uh, I'm absolutely having a blast doing this, Brady. And it's just an amazing thing where we're actually just showcasing people who are, you know, they're just normal people at the end of the day. They do have great profiles, but, you know, just seeing them just as they are, like just natural and just being themselves. Yeah, it's great having these it. sort of real chill chats and having a drink. I, I like the ones that aren't at 6am a little bit more. Um, I love talking to the American blokes, but hitting the hard liquor straight away in the morning is a bit, it's, it's I, a different sort of thing. I don't actually mind that because it just makes you chill for the rest of the day. It's yeah, good. but good. eventually we might get out of lockdown. I might have to work. <laughs> we may be able to do it face to face by a fire. That could be fun as well. I'm looking forward to there it. There we go. All right, thank you everybody for listening and we will see you next time.